Welcome to Tales from the Orca, a film podcast starring T Panda and the VFG. I'm T Panda, and with me, of course, is the VFG himself. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Doing okay. You watch anything interesting uh, this week? Not really. I uh, went back and uh, watched watched an old favorite uh, the other day. Uh, a little uh, Four Christmases for some reason. Uh, really? Yeah, feeling I, feeling I, festive. Like, I was. Uh, I'll watch that Christmas movie in July, like, no problem. Uh, I have no problem with that. Uh, But for whatever reason, the one scene that sticks out to me in that was uh, it's the very first scene, and you think it's, like, their meet-cute kind of thing where, like, they're at the bar, and uh, but it's actually them just, like, role-playing and, like, trying to seduce each other at the bar, (laughs) and they've been been married for years. And uh, and just Vince Vaughn's whole shtick in that opening scene gets me every time. Uh, and then John Favreau, of course, is absolutely fantastic. Is like the roided up best friend, yeah, uh, brother of you know. Just it, it was it was funny. I enjoyed it. But nice, yeah. <laughs> good. How about yourself? I didn't really watch anything. I, I watched some stuff to prepare for this week's topic. So yeah. I didn't yeah, watch I, full I watched, movies, I watched, but I watched yeah, clips I watched of clips stuff too. to refresh mm-hmm. myself. And uh, this week's topic is our top five favorite non-Disney animated films, right. meaning animated films that have uh, little to no connection to Disney. And at some point in time, we'll do our top five I Disney films, like but five I need to think films. about that for longer. So Yeah, I, uh, I think I'd have more to say about it. <clears throat> I don't know. I got, I got a lot to say about these tonight. Yeah, um, I like. I could have easily done a top ten on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided to kind of go to top fives just because it like keeps the episode shorter and stuff. But man, it was hard making the cut on these. I mean, you, if you look at my list right here, uh, <laughs> yeah. Joey, Joey can see my That's list. That's a right detailed here. list. Yeah, I, got, yeah. I got a whole list right here. I got notations and all kinds of stuff. So I wrote a bunch of notes too. Yep. It's like we're getting better at this. Maybe. Yeah, you know, you, you, you do it a few times, you get used to it. That's right. We're working on the audio. Uh, it's been a while since I podcasted, and Brian's never podcasted before, so yeah. he's no help. So if only my sex life was so successful. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep going at it, and nothing gets better. Nah, yeah. it's, all right. <laughs> it's a work in progress. It's a self-deprecating we're, we're podcast. That's yeah. what we do here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, Okay, so Brian, you want to start us off with some honorable yeah. mentions? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just name a few honorable Lip. mentions here. We're not gonna go to a whole lot of detail here. These yeah. are just movies that I uh, I want I do want to <laughs> specify that these are non Disney related. Um, no House of Mouse here, uh, and for me that also considered I, I I did not include any Pixar films. Of course, yeah, me neither. Uh, even though Pixar originally started as a as a technically a different studio there, but uh, I did not include any Pixar hill, uh, films on this one, even though there are some wonderfully magnificent Pixar films. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, none of these have anything to do with uh, with Disney, and uh, so I'm just going to go a few down the line here. Uh, a lot of these were from like I, I was going through, and I was feeling really nostalgic about some of my childhood favorites when I was a little kid, uh, like Land Before Time. Like who who doesn't get yeah. a little you know teary eyed thinking about Littlefoot's mom dying? It's a sad uh, movie. It is. I mean, it's, yeah. it's heavy. Too bad they ruined it with like a million sequels. Yeah, yeah. they're probably like fifty. Yeah, I, still I, making you know, them, right? I have no idea how many they made, but uh, the first one is is, is a classic. Um, yeah, and uh, then I went from I, I jumped around from. Uh, Land Before Time. I thought about like All Dogs Go to Heaven. That was that was another good one that I when I was a kid. Another uh, sad movie. Another sad movie yeah. for sure. Uh, which is weird because it's like Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. And <laughs> <laughs> Dom DeLuise makes an appearance on my list. It does he? So, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a weird tone of a movie, but um, I feel like uh, like one of the things I was thinking about when I was when I was making this list and going through some of these movies when I watched was a kid. And I feel like they don't make movies like that today for kids. They don't make those kind of like sad. That's a big theme of my list in general was that like 
Um, I a lot of the ones on my f- list are very dark movies. Yeah. Or they have very dark subject matter. They have yes. high stakes. Yes. Uh, characters die. Mm-hmm. Uh, sad things happen. And like I feel like that's gone away because we don't have that as much. That's not like me going like ah oh, my movies are not as blah blah right. blah. But like right. as a child, they trusted me. Like they gave, yes. they trusted me more of exactly. like, you can handle this or you can't don't watch it if you can't. Like, exactly. And I feel like they've taken that option away. I feel like the, you know, they're like, Oh, kids can't handle that today. I'm like, no, that's the kind of movies that kids should see. Yeah. And, and you realize that like, okay, life is not this, this bubble that you live in. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for sure. Um, and then like, uh, I felt, felt the same way kind of like about American tale. All right. Yeah. But then oh, I actually, another Don Bluth joint. Yeah. 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 Uh, Don Bluth was, was real. He was, he was yeah. real in, in the late time. 80s, yeah. 90s. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, which is kind of connected to Disney. Cause I believe he started out as a Disney did. animator. He started out as Disney got animator. irritated with the system and left. Yeah. So. He, and left in the eighties yeah. when Disney took kind of a dark turn, but mm-hmm. Bluth was actually making better films, I think in the eighties than what Disney was putting out. Yeah. Uh, in some regards. I agree. Um, but yeah, uh, and then I went to, but my, my first one I will mention there, speaking of an American Tale, uh, was uh, American Tale, Five Goes West. Uh, I, for whatever reason, I just love that movie. Uh, and that kind of relates to later on to one of my other movies that I have on there, on my on, in my top five. Uh, also, uh, shout out to Jimmy Stewart, last credited screen role. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was the last. See, movie. I've never seen that one. I saw the original uh, American Tale in the theater, and I don't know why I missed the yeah. Goes West, but a lot of people say it's better than the original. One, so. I, I like it. Uh, it's it's a little bit more lighthearted, but still has mm-hmm. those those high tension moments where you're like, right. oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Um, yeah, but I, I like it because it, it really that in itself, you know, you get like the you get the the immigration story with um, with the first one, and then you get kind of that westward expansion uh, where the first part is a lot of immigrants came here, and that, that was a whole journey in itself. And from an American history teacher perspective, uh, that that really resonated with me. Uh, even as a kid, I was like, "That's really cool. That's a cool story." Uh, yeah, you, you get that full experience because a lot of immigrants move west uh, once they had the, the means and opportunity to do so. Uh, so yeah, I went American Tale. Uh, another one that uh, I think was vastly underrated was uh, Titan AE. I don't know if you ever saw that one. I never saw it. I've heard a lot of people say it's good. It's, uh, it, it's not the best. Yeah, but it's Don Bluth. I think it was actually like the last Don Bluth really movie okay. to be yeah. produced. Um, but uh, you know. I thought it was a cool concept when I saw it. I think it came out when I was maybe like middle school, high school, somewhere in there. And um, Titan AE just was, I, I thought it was a cool thing. It's like Earth is dead. It's been destroyed by these aliens. And uh, they there's this ship that has the capability to make a planet. And they have all the, like, the DNA of all the species of Earth. And it's them trying to find this ship and put it and get it out there on the... And, and make a new earth basically right uh so i thought that was a really cool concept it, it brings in a lot of cool sci-fi aspects uh some hand-drawn animation along with some computer animation so it had had the best of both worlds uh and then one that just makes me laugh and i think it's hilarious and stupid and is definitely a product of uh the generation uh, a little bit of yours a little bit of mine and uh it, the Beavis and Butthead to America uh, was, <laughs> yeah. was my, was my third album. Good soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> such, a, yeah. such a stupid movie and such a great concept. Mike Judge is, his humor works for me on so many levels. Me too. Uh, yeah. King of the Hill, one of my all-time favorite animated shows. Um, yeah, and still holds up even better now than it, it did when it came out. It's really amazing. It does. You know? Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it is. And, and, you know, just Silicon Valley, too, is pretty awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Silicon Valley is <laughs> yeah. good. And uh, another... 
Another underrated Mike Judge uh, flick was uh, Extract. I don't know if you ever saw that one. No, that's Jason Bateman. Yeah, yeah. On that, right? Yeah, and a, a yeah. stoner Ben Affleck, which is weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that is Ben Affleck. And maybe. We just, we, just never, we just never realized. But, uh, yeah, those are my honorable mentions uh, that I had to just get out there and kind of be like, yeah, those are, those are worth checking out if you ever get a chance. Sure. Uh, so my honorable mentions, just to say, like, I set some ground rules for myself because I feel like I could have included, like, I'm a huge aficionado of, like, holiday TV specials, like okay. the Charlie Brown and Halloween, right, right, right. all the Halloween cartoons, uh, the Grinch, all that stuff. I didn't include any of that because I felt like it was not a film, it's, even though it's just, like, a short film. Okay. Um, so I didn't include any of that, but I wanted to shout that stuff out because I love that stuff. There was also a TV special called Fairies back in the 80s, but oh, it was like yeah. a half an hour. Have you ever watched that? I, yeah, I, I, a long time ago. Based on the, yeah. the book about where he illustrates the fairies and yes. does it like a biologist. And I could not tell you one thing about it, but I have yeah, seen it. Yeah, I enjoyed it as a really little kid, and I yeah. watched it recently. I was like, wow, this is actually kind of cool. So shout out to those. Um, as far as like actual could have made my list, uh, the Rankin and Bass Hobbit. Okay. Um, their adaptation of the hobbit i watched that right after i read the hobbit so that is like the version of the of like bilbo that i see in my head all the right, time right um not and, no not not, <laughs> not, not, not that um all I, love, I see, all I see when i see him is jim or uh jim from the office or not jim, no uh tim tim, tim from the tim, british, tim office, from the british yeah. office yeah yeah um yeah, so I love Rankin and Bass stuff, so I wanted to shout that out. And then uh, Through a Scanner Darkly, which okay. uh, was animated by uh, Richard Linkletter. That's right. He had developed uh, this animation style that involves uh, using actual video and then putting a filter on it, kind of. And uh, that kind of makes an appearance later in my list in a way, too. That. And I've got um, that. That's over on the, that's in the stacks over Yeah, here. he also did a film called Waking Life using the same technology. He did right. that first. That was where he, de- he, whoever he had developed this technology with or like was like excited about it, he did that first and then he did Through a Scanner Darkly. And that's based on a Philip K. Dick book, which right. I'm a big Philip K. Dick fan. Um, and uh, Heavy Metal is also on my uh, list. I don't know if you've ever seen, have you seen Heavy Metal of before? Of course I've seen Heavy Metal. Okay. Yeah. Wait, just wait, sir. Okay. Just, just okay. wait. Okay. All right. I don't want to spoil anything, but you know, based on the, the magazine uh, or the comic, whatever it was, it's like a magazine that has a bunch of weird stuff in it, but right. uh, very risque. And I remember renting it as a child, like probably too young to watch it, but like oh, really, I was really loving it. Oh, I saw it. Um, actually, that was, the, that was one of those ones that dad was like, oh yeah, pick this up at the video store. Yeah. And we okay. watched, we watched that. Cool. I, was, I, was yeah. maybe, I was maybe like 11. Yeah. 12, <laughs> yeah like that's that. all right. That's probably about the yeah, age. Yeah, you, like, know, you know, right. But, um, that actually, little known fact, um, the that Netflix show Love Ro- Love Death and yeah, Robots. Love Death and Robots. I haven't that actually it started as an adaptation of a new heavy metal, oh, and they lost okay. the rights to it because Robert Rodriguez bought the rights off from under him while they were making it, and right. so it's very much influenced by that. and has that same kind of vibe, so it's, okay. it's cool. Um, I know you don't use the internet or anything. So. No, I mean I've, I've got Netflix. I just okay. you know I. I I watch on my phone. Yeah, when I, when I have opportune <laughs> right. times. Yeah. It's cool. It's like little little vignettes, like right. very short. Right. Films, I, so. I remember watching a preview for it, and I was like, "That that looks right up my alley." Yeah. So cool. Definitely check that out. All right, so let's get into the actual top five now that we've rambled forever. Yeah. Um, our your number five. Heavy metal. Really? Yeah. Heavy, heavy perfect metal. transition. Yeah, yeah, perfect transition. We didn't plan that or anything. No. We'll talk about our list ahead of time. Nope. nope. Uh, no idea what what he was going to come in with, but uh, heavy metal is definitely my number five. There, uh, I. Holds a special place in my heart because I feel like um, there is a. I I I, I looked I, when I was going through this list. I feel like there's a weird thing that's prevalent through my list, and I don't know if anybody will pick it up, but I'll say it at the end. Okay. Uh, but 
there's a there's a couple things in heavy metal that I absolutely love. One, the animation is just perfect for yeah. what exactly they were going for, and it I, I feel like a lot of the computer animation that we get today doesn't have that dirty lived-in quality. It's the same thing as like special effects that are practical effects versus computer exactly. effects. Like you can't exactly. make that like you can't, you can't make that, that grunginess that, to that, it. That, right. Yeah. Right. And 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 heavy metal very much drawing straight from the magazines. Um, yeah, and also like it's like Frank Frazetta, the fantasy um, illustrator that did a lot of like famous like okay. album covers and stuff. Right. He influenced a lot of stuff that was in heavy metal. Okay. And if you look at his artwork, it's very much like that come to life. You know? Right. Like and uh, but what I what I deem heavy metal as is the the imagination and masturbation movie. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really. I mean, it's like if you've never seen anything like yeah. that before, that really sets your mind on fire. Where it's just like, oh my gosh, like where are they going with this? Yeah. And you know, and it's like half the movie is ridiculous and off the wall but yeah. some of it's really dark it is and, yeah uh, i remember the one when i was a kid when i first saw it the one that really stood out to me was the one with the uh like the the b-17 bombers yeah the zombie the uh, zombies come up out of the out of the, yeah. like, the bubble gun and all that kind of stuff yeah uh, and just like eat that guy and like, yeah nuts um but hands down one of my favorite scenes in a movie uh we're, we're eventually going to do the the music the music and movies podcast uh, our favorite scenes with uh, music and movies, and but this has to be one mentioned at least uh, in the history of film. Here is uh, in the background, Journey. Okay, open, yeah. Open Arms is playing in the background, and it's like the first scene I think, or one of the first scenes where you see like the full-on nude woman in heavy metal. Yeah, and uh, it's the one. It's the it's the vignette with the the cab driver. Yeah, and uh, and she's like. Can I come in and sleep with you? And then I, I had to write the line down because it, it was such a great line. Um, she, he's like, yeah, 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 hop in bed, you know. And uh, he's like, well, maybe she'd never been with a true New Yorker, uh, but nothing can beat good old American know-how. And I was giving this broad the stars and stripes forever. And I mean, that, that line right there yeah. just makes me laugh and chuckle to myself because, I mean, it's such a cringeworthy line, yeah. but also such a perfect line for that kind of movie. Yeah, it's very like, it's like not, it's not, a, the movie's not offensive, but it's not politically correct in any way, no in like way. the best of ways. It's no. like, it's, and it's very like 80s trashy, like, yes. and I don't know, just, it's just well done. It's, like, it's a fun movie and, and John Candy making a, making a voice appearance in it. Yeah, John Candy, uh, big role. A lot of Eugene so, yeah. Levy was in it too. Yeah, uh, and, and that was that was one of those things where I think a lot of those things went over my head when I was a kid. But then watching it when I was much more knowledgeable of worldly things, uh, I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> right. and, uh, and that was one of the ones I, I watched clips from heavy metal, and uh, that was that was worth a trip down memory. Lane. I need to go watch it again. Um, yeah, do not watch Heavy Metal two thousand though. I have seen it at some point in time, but I cannot remember a single thing about it. The only thing I can remember about that movie is Michael Ironside played the, played the bad guy. Yeah. In which Michael Ironside always plays the bad guy. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Do not watch heavy metal 2000. Stay as far away from that one as you possibly can. Yeah. Don't, don't worry. I won't. You should watch that. uh, Love death and robots. That's pretty cool. You'll like it. It's got that same vibe to it. So, all right, my number five is a little-known film that was released in 1982 straight to video and then was re-released on, on ABC as like a Sunday night movie in 86, I believe. Okay. And that's where I saw it, and I actually taped it and watched it again and again as a kid. It's a movie called Flight of Dragons. Okay, never and heard of it, but I found out, Yeah, I found out today that it was it's a Rankin and Bass joint, okay. so you know what you're kind of getting into there. Right on. Um, and Rankin and Bass did all the holiday specials. Uh, they did Rudolph and all that stuff right, right. to you. All the, the, it's, it, this is not that 
claymation style animation. This is 2D like cell animation, but okay. um, it's a it's a cool movie. It's based. I found out today it's actually based on a Gordon R. Dixon novel, who's a science fiction writer who I actually really love his short stories. Okay, um, not a very well known writer, but it's just odd, just weird that I found that out today about it when I was doing my research on this. And it's a movie about um, these. It's this land, this fantasy land with wizards and dragons, and they're facing the uh, the the coming of the age of man and okay. like science taking over magic, oh, and wow. so they. They have this dark necromancer they need to defeat, and they go and they decide to go. They go into the future and pull somebody from out of our time. This uh, guy who used to be a scientist but retired to become a board game designer or something. So there's yeah. some Dungeons and Dragons stuff <laughs> okay, involved okay, in okay. it, and they take him back in time. And he has this perspective of like science is cool and science is like okay. important, and they're scared of it because they're magic people and stuff. And right. it's it it it's a it, cool movie when he goes back in time he becomes a dragon something gets messed up and he winds up becoming one of the dragons and stuff and uh i don't know it's kind of a weird little movie but it's it's got that same lord of the rings feel to it and stuff you like that sort of stuff you like it it's known for it's like really good voice acting cast it had uh, john ritter is one of the main characters okay and he does a great job in it and uh uh, three's company yeah, post yeah, yeah. <laughs> newly post three yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, James Earl Jones is in it, and uh, Harry Morgan of Mash fame okay. as one of the main voices, right and a bunch of other people that you would recognize if you heard the voice. Right on. Um, all the famous like cartoon actors from that time yeah, that did watching, Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, right I remember what I was watching the other day, and I was like, "Oh, that voice sounds familiar." I was like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy that played Raphael in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Yeah, mm-hmm. was like, all those Ninja Turtle guys are in every. Yeah, they're, they're in everything. They're gonna yeah. make an appearance on my list at some point in time. But yeah, so Flight of Dragons cool little little um fantasy movie i don't know how you can see it now i know it was released on blu-ray at some point in time right but I, you could probably google it and find some way to watch it i'm not uh-huh. endorsing watching things illegally that but. uh that reminds me that story kind of reminds me of uh did you ever see the uh the ralph bakshi uh wizards did you ever see that yeah one? actually that is like that, that that's almost like a very similar story yeah uh in terms of like magic versus like technology yeah and, it is uh, very similar okay. and uh that's funny because that almost made my list okay and uh a ralph bakshi production will be on my right list on. here coming up soon but fritz the cat no <laughs> <laughs> see i'm glad you know ralph actually because that was one of the things i was afraid you weren't gonna yeah, have, yeah. like gone into well, that I, anyway. i'll say this uh joey what was the name of the film again uh it's flight of dragon flight, flight of dragon yeah, flight, flight of dragons uh there I, I watch a lot of movies and I, I know a lot of things that that's one that i've never heard of so uh i will definitely have to check that out uh you stumped me on that one well, there not, you go. That's what I aim for, right? So, not, not, yeah. not, not that we try to do that, but uh, that's, well, that's... actually, have you heard of Flight of Dragons? Oh, you haven't heard of Flight of Dragons? That's a lot of people do that. Oh, you haven't heard of that? No, I haven't. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm uh, an yeah. idiot. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, go ahead and put your number. Yeah, five. yeah. Uh, number four. Number four for me. Oh, your number four. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, number four was one that uh, I, I really liked it when I watched it, and um, it, it's been a few years since I've seen it, but it, it really resonated. Not not so much resonated, but I thought it was really cool. I'm a big fan of uh, Eastwood Westerns and just spaghetti Westerns in general, and I feel uh, one that really nailed the tone, but also brought a lot of kind of fun uh, family enjoyment to, uh, to that kind of topic was uh, Rango. It came out a few years ago. It also, uh, all could have made my list. Yeah, yeah, cool it, movie. Very cool movie. Uh, I, you know, it it could have been a disaster. Uh, I, I feel like at some point somebody had to have been like, "There's no way this movie is going to work." But I, once again, solid voice cast, um, and it's uh, it, it has the homages where they need to be. 
Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a really cool um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas homage. Uh, yeah. There's a great speaking of Clint Eastwood. There's you know, like Timothy Oliphant, uh, which sounds just like Clint Eastwood. Uh, and there's a there's a Clint Eastwood kind of cameo in. Uh, in that in that movie, but Clint Eastwood didn't do it because Clint Eastwood would not do well, what the hell is this animated bullshit? <laughs> right. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Timothy Oliphant does a great Clint Eastwood impression. Johnny Depp's the main Johnny character Depp too, right? Plays the, the title. Brings a lot of brings a lot of character to the to to a little chameleon. I guess, I think it's a chameleon. It's a chameleon, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, and uh, so it, it it reminded me a lot of uh, some of those early Eastwood westerns like Hang yeah, 'Em High. It is. And uh, what was the other one? Um, oh shit. Uh, oh, High Plains Drifter. That, yeah. that was the other one that it reminded me of. It's and, a it's a weird movie too. It's just very much like a western on acid kind of in a is, way. <laughs> there's, there's, some there's, super, there's a trippy super, like psychedelic yes, aspect to it too. Very bright colors and like weird stuff going on. Yep. And, and yeah, it's a and cool movie. A really cool villain too because uh, a rattlesnake instead of the rattler, he's got a machine gun. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that that was a really cool thing yeah. uh, to to enjoy and. Uh, a lot of people don't know a Gore Verbinski and Johnny Depp team up very similar to Pirates of the Caribbean because they made those movies together yeah. too. So, which there's a whole podcast on itself in terms of like the greatness <laughs> and the shit that is Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's my number four was Rango. That's I, a good I, one. I, I that like could have been on my list for sure. I really enjoyed. I mean, movie. Mariachi Owls. Yeah, you can't you can't, you go can't wrong. beat that. No. Yeah, uh, my number four is a Ralph Bakshi movie, and uh, it's American Pop. Which okay. was released in 1981. Have you seen that one, Brian? I have. I, I recently saw that. My buddy Lynn uh, loaned it to me, um, and I'd never heard of it until he yeah. loaned it to me because we were okay. talking. I think we were actually talking about um, Fritz the Cat for some reason, uh, another yeah. Ralph Bakshi film, and uh, we were talking about Fritz the Cat. He said, "Oh yeah, man, have you seen American Pop?" And I was like, "No, I don't even know what that is." And uh, he loaned it to me, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's, it's got, a cool it's movie. Some, it's got some great, great moments and as well as music in it. Yeah, it's great. It uses like actual pop music of the, you know, of the eras in it. Um, and it's, it chronicles this Russian immigrant family over four generations right. and they're all musicians and they all impact or are impacted by American pop music right. over the history of that. Yeah, it's like the 20th and, century, right? Mostly. Yeah, it's yeah. 20th century. Right. It, it ends in the 80s um, yeah. and uh, features a very poignant performance of uh, Night Moves, which I know is your favorite Bob Seger Bob song, Seger, right? Favorite so, Bob Seger song, 100%. Um, cool movie. Ralph Bakshi, just to give some background, if you don't know, uh, listeners don't know about him, he's very influential uh, and avant-garde uh, illustrator and animator who made uh, some envelope-pushing films like Fritz the Cat, which we mentioned a couple times, which was, I think, rated X. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's very, like, profane, like take on like Felix the cat in yes. a way uh, it was very dirty very R. Crumb like if you've ever been yes. to his R. Crumb's work yep. um, but he also did a version of uh, The Lord of the Rings which was not well received and so he didn't finish it did he do Return of the King, or was that somebody else that kind of finished that up? In the that style? was uh, that was a, the Rankin and Bass one. Is the Return of the King? He right. did, I think, actually. Um, I don't know if it was called Fellowship of the Ring or not, but it was the first of the Lord of the right. Rings proper books. And he he fought to get the rights, and nobody wanted the rights at the time. They were right. like, "We don't want to make this stupid shit." So yeah. he was like, "I want to make an animated version of it." Uh, Bakshi's really known for using mixing uh, video with uh, or live action. Uh, film with uh, animation and right. he uh, championed this this style that went on to like influence Linklater's work with his 
you know, real life illustration of stuff. And um, why don't you mention earlier with the through scanner, scanner darkly? Yeah. Uh, it's called rotoscoping, where they take a actual live action and animate over it. And sometimes he would actually have the live action footage in with the animated, and it creates this like weird kind of disconcerting look to it right that it's like the style influences the message of the piece that i really get into yeah that, that, that makes a lot of sense it's like having the live action mix with the right. um and it's subtle but it's like weird some of those ghostly or like he uses yeah. it to like create spirits and stuff by showing the you know the actual footage of the person but then animating part of them or animating the background behind right. them right right and so his all his films have that cool style wizards almost made this list on number four and i decided at the last minute to change it to american pop because i think it's a better movie I, it is i agree but wizards is a, is a cool movie too it like, is a cool movie it's like a fantasy set in post apocalyptic future right and there's all but it's it's weird because like everybody like two of the main characters have like a New York accent. Yeah. And, you know, like chomp cigars and do weird things. Yeah, there's all this mixture of, yeah. like, different eras of, of talk and stuff in it. But, yeah, and Bakshi, Bakshi also went on to make Cool World, which was a huge flop in I've the 90s. I've never seen Cool World. Um, it kind of ended know, his career I know that was in a like way. Brad Pitt and. Um, wasn't that? Yeah, the, the I think. Piece? Yeah. Mm, I don't know if it was him or not. Kim Basinger, right? Kim Basinger is in it. Yeah. It's Brad, half animated, Brad, Brad half Pitt, live Brad action. Brad Pitt's the cop yeah. that gets. Okay, in. yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. Which I've never seen, but I could tell you it's that not, much about it. That's it's all not I know very about good. It. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to be his big break, and it is right. yeah, it kind of put a kibosh on his career. But um, I don't know. Check out American Pop if you like music. It's it's a cool movie. And it's it an easy watch. It I watched some of the watch. scenes today, and yeah, it's it was, like it's sort of eighty yeah, minutes. A, yeah. Like that? yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a solid movie. He has a very distinct style to his animation that I really like. Yeah. So. and and heavy metal has similar kind of that. It does too. Yeah, it's, it's, got, it's got a weird, yeah. it's got a weird flow to it, mm-hmm. um, where it's it's almost not fluid. Yeah, there's a choppiness to it. Right. It's more like it's like a comic book coming to life it in is. a way. It so, is. Uh, whereas, yeah. like a lot of animation today is, I mean, it's like watching real life. Yeah. But with mm-hmm. you know, which there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, I feel like animation should not be that eerily similar. To some of the well, there's something to be said for like 2D animation too that Absolutely. I just really love that cell shaded yep. looking stuff. So. Uh, what I don't know if you ever saw. Did you see? Uh, you see the new Mary Poppins? I did not. They did some hand drawn animation for the animated sequence in yeah. that movie, and I didn't think that I would see that old school Disney animation ever again. Yeah, they do everything on computers now, but it yeah. was really cool to see. That. That's cool. And uh, just just for that one scene alone, where they do their like they did in the first one, they had the animated stuff. Right. Uh, they did a scene like that in the new one, and uh, it was really cool to see that. That's cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. All right. Number three for me. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a combo here um, because I, I find the uh, uh, I mean they're both made by the same company, but both of them really kind of at the same time was uh, flushed away. Uh, was a it was a DreamWorks joint. Um, with like Hugh Jackman uh, providing the voice okay. and Kate Winslet, and uh, but then also uh, Curse of the Were Rabbit, and they're both made by Ardman Animation, and the same people that did like Walls and Gromit. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's a just it's like a claymation style thing. Yes, right? yeah. So, uh, flush the Chicken like, Run, they did too. Like, right? like Chicken yeah. Run, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Arthur I don't Christmas. Think I've seen Arthur, Arthur Christmas was another one that they did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Flushed Away was. Uh, an excellent, just fun little movie. Um, I haven't seen it, and uh, it, it, it's worth checking out because uh, it's got some really good 
adult humor mixed yeah. in for the kid. Like the kids, will, the kids will love it, but it's got some great adult humor too. Yeah. Where like only adults will get that, and I feel like that's that's what great animation does for those kind of movies for like family movies where it's like, okay, hey, this is a family flick. Like bring the kids, bring the mom, bring the dad. Uh, and like reminds me a lot of those old, uh, Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. There's a rich history of that. Yes, in, in yeah, all, exactly. In the there's a lot of, there's a lot of humor that as a little kid, you're going to laugh because you know, Oh, Hey, the Roadrunner is constantly outsmarting the coyote. Yeah. But then there's like little asides or, you know, little jokes. Yeah. Uh, you, where, only... you know, it's like, uh, Pepe Le Pew, runs through a bridge or gets slammed by a bridge or something like that. And it's like, uh, duck ahead, uh, Lola Brigida. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like for Gina Lola Brigida. And that's just, you know, if you know all your weird Italian actresses, (laughs) yeah, you got that. But, uh, anyway, uh, flushed away, but then also uh, Wallace and Gromit, any, any Wallace and Gromit, you kind of go back to that short film, but this was actually a full length film that they did. And, uh, anything Wallace and Gromit is, is, I have a special love for uh, British humor in certain regards. Yeah. Um, we were talking about The Office. I, I love The Office. Uh, Faulty Towers is another favorite of mine. Yeah. Uh, but Wallace and Gromit is that British, that very dry British humor that I absolutely love. And uh, they put all of that in Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and it's absolutely hilarious. From the very opening scene, the first time I ever saw it, I was in tears because <laughs> – it throws you something that you've never seen before in a Wallace and Gromit thing. And then it just like, it, 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 it I'm like, yep, here we go. Here, here it is. And, uh, so the, that kind of combination of, uh, the British humor along with, um, the, uh, the animation styles that they have, it is that kind of claymation, but both of those are, I think were both computer animated. Uh, yeah, they're like computer models, computer made models, made, like yes, clay stuff. exactly. Yeah, but, uh, I'm, I'm like, I need to brush up on my Wallace and Gromit. I've seen a little bit, but yeah, not enough yeah. to like actually form an opinion on all of it. So I should, should well, yeah, both of those, uh, kind of combined there for my number three, because I couldn't really decide one way or the other. In a lot of ways, they are almost the same movie in the sense of, yeah. you know, animation style and, uh, humor and, you know, the stories are totally different, but, uh, just in the way that they're made and the way that they both make me laugh. That's right. Okay. Um, uh, great, great voice acting by Ian McKellen in Flushed Away, by the way. Oh, wow. He, he plays the villain. Yeah. He plays the villain in that. And uh, great, he, great, great little piece of voice acting there. So just wanted to say that too. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I appreciate I've paid attention a lot to the voice acting on all the ones on my list. I noticed that like the most of these have like are known for really good, good voice acting. So. Right on. Um, my number three is also a British uh, animated film. It's a uh, Watership Down, Ooh, the yeah. adaptation of the Richard Adams novel from the uh, I believe it was early '80s yeah. or mid '80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember this one coming on TV as a kid. As back in the old days, you just some movies you couldn't get at the video store. You, you just them. had to wait for them to come on TV, That's and right. it was just a special thing. Sometimes they would just show up on TV, you know, mm-hmm. one evening, and you watch it. And I remember it would come on like about once a year, and I'd watch it. And it's a very it's a very dark film. Yeah, very dark. The um, book the book is dark. Grim. Um, this it's this allegory kind of comparing humans to animals, but it's all told through the eyes of this rabbit Warren who yeah. are trying to survive and. You know, facing the harsh realities of nature and mankind and um, and other predators and, and all this. And they've got this hierarchy and 
Um, it starts with this really trippy um, creation myth of the rabbits. Right. And it's done in a different animation style than the rest of it. It's done in a very crude animation style, but it's really effective. And it tells like their history of like their religion and things like that. Cause it's this rabbit society has this whole developed, they have this developed society and um, yeah. Then, then, then it goes into the different style with the main, the main thing, which is much more detailed animation style, but it's really cool and very like, I don't know, pen and ink style in a way. And it flows really well. And uh, yeah, it kind of messed me up as a kid a little bit because <laughs> it's very dark material. A lot of people talk about stakes. There's high stakes in it. Oh, real high and, stakes. And, you know, characters die and there's times where you think our heroes aren't going to make it out and some of them don't. And yep. yeah, it, it really affected me as a kid, but it I, stayed the, the with me. The thing that really fucked me up in Watership Down was the, like the, the gnashing of the teeth that yeah. is constantly part of what you see in that movie. So it's when they're fighting and yes, stuff, there's yes. like close-ups of the rabbit's teeth and they're gnashing. It's very much like you could tell they studied actual animals. Yes. They studied actual rabbits and mm-hmm. how rabbits fight and things. Um, it's very visceral in that yes. way. And and that I remember that when I saw it as a kid, that, that really messed me up where, uh, and even today, uh, like just kind of that, 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 when you hear that gnashing of teeth noise, yeah. that that's what I think of. Those rabbits, think, yeah, yeah. rabbits like that, uh, which is why I don't know if you guys ever saw the horror movie Teeth. Anyway, yeah, that? yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah where yeah. it's like the woman's got like a crazy mouth in her vagina kind of yeah. thing, and uh, that 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 movie really fucked with me. Because, yeah, so. <laughs> you were thinking of these rabbits. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's got a soundtrack by Art Garfunkel, surprisingly enough. Really? I don't know if you knew that. that, but like he did, did at least the original song in the beginning, and I think one at the end. I think um, he and Paul Simon had very different solo careers. Yeah. <laughs> they did, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they, I think Netflix did a remake, and I think it might have been a whole series, but I have not seen it. Right. Um, I just love the original so can much. You, can much you even find it? I don't even know where you would I would imagine it. it's on Blu-ray and stuff by now, I would think. I, I would mean, think it's pretty so, yeah. well regarded now. It was hard to find for a long time, but um, yeah, it's. A, I've never read the book. Oh, but, man. Yeah. That was one of those, I think, like fifth or sixth grade yeah. Read Watership Down, and uh, it was weird. Like you want to talk about like dark stuff. Where just uh, a quick Disney aside here uh, with Watership Down, and then Black Cauldron. Was, yeah, uh, was yeah. was read around the same time for me, and that was all just happening and sort like the Hobbit was thrown in the mix there. Yeah, the Hobbit's like, dark too. You know, I mean, there's dark. a lot of yeah, yeah. I love all that. Mm-hmm. And I I, th- I think too, like both of us seem to have very similar lists here, where. Uh, you know, it, it is that kind of like like we like we mentioned earlier. It's like that high stakes, and uh, people mm-hmm. die because guess what? That's what happens in life. Yeah, uh, and, well, I appreciated that as a kid in a way that I don't think I understood at the time, but now I do. That I'm like, man, it really influenced like my ability to like uh, like tell stories and like yeah. create things, and mm-hmm. like it was really influential on like my like perspective on on the way a story could be told. Yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. Everything so, doesn't have to ha- have a happy ending. No. And, um, no. Which is why yeah. I think I like Game of Thrones so much. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like as much as I want the happy ending to happen in Game of Thrones, yeah. I know that it's not, and I'm kind of secretly rejoicing that. Where I'm just like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, if, if based on when you guys hear this, uh, Game of Thrones has four episodes left. Yeah. Uh, for for the entirety of Game of Thrones, so uh, just for some uh, reference points there. So we don't know how it ends, but hopefully, it ends well. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So uh, number two, number two for me is uh, the Iron Giant. 
Um, I saw that uh, when it came out in theaters. Uh, I remember going to see that in theaters. And uh, The Iron Giant just blew me away. Uh, I thought it was one of the coolest films I'd seen uh, in a long time. Even at, you know, 14 when I saw it. Uh, it was it was just one of those things where I was like, wow, this was, this was really cool. And uh, it had a cool concept. It has a weird... Um, looking back on it now from like a historic point of view, from a, from a history point of view, I, I like it because it has a weird cold war vibe to it, uh, where kind of that cold war tension of nuclear arsenals and like, who's got the bigger weapons. And it brings some of that, uh, like forties and fifties art deco style, mm-hmm. uh, to some of the animation that they've got. Uh, also, I don't know any other movie in the history of time that has a main character called Hogarth. Uh, which is a little kid yeah. in, in Iron Giant, and uh, that that was that was something where I was like, who who names their kid Hogarth? Uh, which the mom is voiced by Jennifer Aniston, and I'm like, yeah, Jennifer Aniston would name her kid Hogarth. <laughs> Hogarth. <you know? laughs> uh, looking back on it, it's also got Harry Connick Jr. Uh, is like the the weird guy who works in the scrapyard uh, where they hide the Iron Giant to keep it away from the government, and uh, I think uh, I'm pretty sure don't don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure that the Shooter McGavin of uh, Happy Gilmore fame is the is the voice really? of the of the general trying to find the Iron Giant, right? Uh, to to like use it for government military purposes, but uh, you know. Anyway, uh, Vin Diesel in an early role there doing the voice of the Iron Giant. Uh, everybody's yeah. like, oh yeah, but what about Vin Diesel as Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy? I'm like, have you heard the animation voicing styles of Vin Diesel in Iron Giant? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think you have. So yeah. uh, you know, once again, he's a man of few words in that movie, but. Uh, he does a good job there, and uh, it has really good hand-drawn uh, cell animation, yeah. and also some really cool computer imaging to go with it, and uh, it, it creates a really cool style. So when you get to see the weapons being used, but also get to see uh, the the slow progression of the giant changing into various forms and stuff like that too, that's really cool to watch. That was that a Brad Bird? Brad Bird, yeah. Joint? Before he made okay. before he made uh, the Incredibles, right. Pre, uh, pre-Pixar Brad pre, Bird, pre-Pixar right? So Brad that's Bird. what put him on the map. Pre, Pre-Mission Impossible 3 Brad Bird. Yeah. He, I didn't even know he did Mission Impossible he 3. Did, did yeah. he really? Yeah. I thought John Woo did Mission Impossible 3. He did Mission Impossible 2. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. No, Brad Bird. Uh, Brad Bird, pre, <laughs> pre-Pixar, pre-Incredibles. And uh, you can definitely see a lot of the same visual stylings. And I think that's also why I like The Incredibles so much. Uh, both of yeah. them are, are really solid films. Yeah, and... Uh, I enjoyed both of those. Shamefully, I have not seen The Iron Giant. Yes, I might fell through the cracks, and it's one of those movies that I know is super sad and is going to fuck me up. It is. So, like, you, I, it's hard for me to grab that one bring, off the shelf bring, and be like, tissues, Let me, I'm ready to cry because I cry on a daily basis now anyway, so I don't need <laughs> help with that. So, um, yeah, but shamefully, it's on my it's on my pile of shame, and I will I will use this as motivation to watch it, actually, because I've heard it's really good. It is good. I'm familiar with the, the, the look of it and everything. So. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I like uh, I like a lot of that stuff from the from the 40s and 50s. Uh, like yeah. a lot of the uh, like pinup posters and stuff like that. Uh, they have a very unique style. It's got kind of like Fallout vibe to it, it too, does. right? Yeah, 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 sort of like mm-hmm. yeah, 50s future, 50s futuristic vision of yep. the future. Yep. Thing. Cool. I'll have to check it out. So, uh, my number two is uh, Don Bluth production. Okay. As mentioned earlier. And Don Bluth, I want to mention, also made Dragon's Lair, which was a really yeah, hot yeah. game when I was a kid that spent a lot of money on and it was I saw very hard. Season so. two. Yeah, it's in that. Yeah, that's right. It was a phenomenon in the arcade. It was it like was. people I, just crowded I, I, around and stared at it. I never really, I don't think, ever truly got to experience because by the time yeah. 
by the time I came around, uh, it was the arcades were kind of over with. I it, like Showbiz Pizza, like the precursor to uh, Chuck E. Cheese. It was like people were just standing around staring at it, like really? just watching the the intro loop. It was yeah. just amazing because it was the first laser disc game. I remember also too, like wasn't it a very hard game? Like, yeah, it was very difficult. Very yeah, it difficult. was made to like eat all your quarters, and it right. was more expensive than any of the other games in the arcade. It was right. like everything was twenty five cents. It was fifty cents. Oh wow! So, yeah, it was okay. Like, some arcades probably had it for more than that. But anyway, did, did they? Did they end up making like a movie out of that? There was a uh, Saturday morning cartoon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, which the dragon's name is Singe, and uh, I think it's a great name for a dragon. That is a good Singe. dragon name. Um, Singe. I like that. Yeah, but Dragon Dragon's Lair is not my number two. My okay. number two is actually a movie called Secret of Nim. Okay, yeah. Uh, you, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was on my ever. list here. I, I wrote that one down. Uh, man. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote it down. It wasn't like one of those it ones. It was one that, you considered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Secret of Nim. It has a special place in my heart because as a kid, my sister read read that book to me. Oh, wow. I okay. think the book is called Rats of Nim. I assume they changed yeah, it to yeah. negative connotation of rats. But she read that whole book, which is not a – it's a very long book. Is it? I and she, read it, she yeah. read it to me, and I, I remember that vividly. It was like one of my memories of my sister that, that I cherish. But, uh, yeah, the cartoon or the, the, the animated film is uh, – really well acted it's got dom de louise in it as the yep. wacky crow yep. and a bunch of other really great uh voice actors of the 80s like cartoons like saturday morning cartoon vibe um it's also a dark film with the highest of stakes because it tells the oh, story yeah. of this this field mouse that has to uh figure out a way to move her house before the field that she lives in gets plowed over and she gets killed. And so she has to go to these uh, mystical rats, the rats of Nim, right. and seek out their help. And some of them are welcoming to her and some of them are not. And she has to kind of learn to uh, you know, be brave. Yep. And I don't know, it's just got, it's got a cool vibe to it, uh, but very dark and these high stakes because you don't know whether her family's going to die. If they don't move this house, her family's going to get plowed over right. and die. And the whole movie is like predicated on that. And there's, uh, there's a lot of, you know, treacherous predators that are yes. trying to kill them and also mankind. And there's also a character named Nicodemus, which I think is the greatest name maybe in the history of film. Nicodemus is a good so, one. Um, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Archimedes. Archimedes. That's another one. That's, that's up there with like Nicodemus. Yes, yes. It's like mm-hmm. it's like very like arcane. Which is why. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that Disney podcast later, but yeah, uh, that's, right. that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Secret of Nim. It's a it's a cool movie. Well done, like Don Blue style. It looks yes. like that style. The yep. the eyes are drawn the same way. The character you'll see the Land of Four Time characters in these characters. Yep. Um, American Tale. Same yeah. deal. They're all they're all and kind of that. It had, the the rats have a very like interesting goth feel to them it's very very like yeah dark and horror yeah. inspired and they live underground and they have this mystical society like based on like magic and things like that it's been a while yeah. since i've seen it but yeah I, me as well i, I watched some scenes but, of uh, it, but... that's that's really cool man that you've got that really cool memory about uh your sister with uh with her reading and yeah know. and it was a challenging book and it's it's very dark and i was very young when she read it to me but i was able to handle it and like i i appreciate that like yeah I don't know. It's just cool to me. So. That is cool. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So number one, I was kind of torn, and this is cheating because technically I've got two. Uh, but mm-hmm. I know, I know. Judge away. All right. I can see your eyes. Not honoring the process. Bro. I know. I know. But but I looked at it from a standpoint of it's it's two totally different style because I like one of them for me is like. Not only is it my favorite animated movie, 
it's probably one of my favorite movies and hands down, I think one of the best movies of its particular genre. Okay. Uh, the other one is, uh, a anime film and anime is something that I've gotten into more recently. Okay. And, and I really had to talk about this because it was just one of those things that it just blew me away the first time I saw it. Uh, so the one that really, I, I I've probably seen this movie more than any other movie that I've probably ever watched without question. Uh, and that's uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Okay. You referenced this on Facebook this week. I did. And um, <laughs> I will stand by it 100%. That you it said is, it was the best Batman it movie is, it is ever made, It is the best right? Batman movie ever made. Even better than the 1960 Batman featuring... Easily, uh, yeah, okay. With a shark repellent. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where he just runs right. around with a giant, like literally cannonball-sized bomb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, okay. It is uh, Batman, the animated series that came out in 1992 yeah. is hands down, I think, the best uh, interpretation of Batman. Yeah, uh, I watched that every day after school. I, every day Loved after that. school, I watched Batman. Talk about great voice too. acting, Oh, too. my gosh, Kevin amazing. Conroy. Kevin Conroy is Batman. Yeah. Is, is Batman. Like, he is yeah. Bruce Wayne and Batman both. Mark Hamill as the Joker. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there is ever – I mean, Heath Ledger – did a great job. A lot of people say that Mark Hamill is the but greatest But Mark Hamill Joker, is yeah. the greatest Joker. Mark Hamill also in uh, Wizards that we talked he about is. earlier. Yes. He has a small role in that. He does. Yep. Um, but without question, <laughs> Batman Mask of the Fan, I've probably seen that movie more times than I can count uh, without without even thinking about it. Because it was one of those, when it came out, I went to go see it in theaters. Yeah. Um, and I remember just coming home from school all the time and watching it. And I could I could tell you the entire plot of that movie off the back of my hand just just not even thinking about it. Also one I have not seen. I need to catch oh, up man. on. So. Oh, Sorry it's, about that. Sorry it, to let you down. It, that is a crime, sir. Yeah. Because what's what's so great about it and what I really love about it is it it tells almost it, it, it's a completely original Batman story. It's a whole new villain that you've never seen before. It uh-huh. has the Joker, but it brings in like a really cool history of the Joker yeah. and like where he comes from. Um it also excuse me, it has a um, has a really awesome look to it and it has that whole look of especially those early seasons of batman the animated series uh it is that art deco uh style of the you know the 40s and 50s serials and uh it has that really cool look to it and uh i I don't think that there will ever be an animated movie better than mask of the phantasm uh high praise it is like check it out you know my my opinion means bullshit but it means uh, something to me right it means something to me (laughs) Uh, so you guys can take that how you will. Uh, you know, if you've been listening in, uh, I would highly recommend Batman Mask of the Phantasm if you've not seen it. Um, yeah, Mark Hamill, absolutely great voice actor. Uh, also playing, just calling back to last week, uh, talking about your bashing of Kevin Smith. Uh, he plays Cockknocker in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And, <laughs> he uh, does, that, yeah. That was an all-time great cameo. Yeah, uh, you don't I'll fuck, give him that. You don't, you don't fuck with the Jedi Master, son. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. If I if I had to pick that one or my other number one that I chose, it would definitely be Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Okay. But I could not disregard this movie, the other one that I'm about to talk about, uh, without... Because, like I said, anime is something that I've recently gotten into. Um, it was always something that, like on the vestiges of what I was interested in, mm-hmm. uh, but it never really made a whole lot of sense to me. Like I never really got it. Okay, where you know, I mean, people go to anime conventions, and it's yeah, it's like a big deal for a lot. It of It is. It's a very big deal. And uh, it was always one of those things where I was like, uh, yeah, not really for me, not really. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's what swung me on it was um, I was uh, I took we had an anime club 
at a school that I used to teach at. And I took the kids, uh, we took, we took about 15 kids to the anime convention, uh, and amazement, which is in Raleigh. And, uh, we, yeah. we, we took, we popular, took the kids popular festival. Yep, yeah. We took the kids to the anime convention and I actually like, we were there all day. So I'm like, what, what, what am I going to do all day at the Raleigh convention center? So they actually had viewing rooms where you can go in and watch various episodes and shows of anime and stuff okay. like that. And it really got me turned on to it. Uh, so I, I started watching more and more and then I got really turned on to, uh, specifically this, you know, the, the studio, if, if we're not talking about Disney, we're talking about Japanese Disney, yeah. Disney, which is studio Ghibli. Yeah. Uh, and, and my personal favorite, I've seen most all of the Ghibli films, but, uh, I, I think their first one right out the gate, which is the one is, uh, Nausicaa of, uh, the Valley of the Wind. And, okay. Uh, that movie just, oh my gosh, what a, what a beautiful movie that that is. I would and say that's not the one that most people hold up is like, uh, I agree. The, I mean, a lot, it's a lot not of the people, most well-known of all. Right. It, it, it was yeah. their first, mm-hmm. I think it was actually made right before Studio Ghibli was created. Right. Uh, but it is now considered part of the mechanical, uh, Ghibli films. Yep. Um, cause like right after that came out, they made, they founded Studio Ghibli. So, I mean, they, they incorporated that into it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people hold up, uh, Spirited Away mm-hmm. or, um, Princess Mononoke. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know how to say that. I'm sorry. All the anime people out there. Uh, but a lot of people credit both of those and those are both fine films. Yeah. But this one, I think, uh, it's, it's got that really good, uh, gritty animation that we were talking about. It reminded me a lot of heavy, heavy metal when I saw it. Uh, mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of uh, a lot of the Bakshi films that yeah. uh, that we've been talking about, and uh, it's got a really awesome message, um, kind of you know that we don't trust the environment or we are scared of the unknown mm-hmm. and what we don't have, uh, and you know it, it's all about uh, human beings versus insects and nature, and what do we, how do we live, and how do we coexist. And there's like finding that happy balance. And there's this really cool, like the, any, any, anytime flying films happen or anything uh, flying in Studio Ghibli is all about flying and flying images and people on planes and people flying through the air. And, you know, whether it's, uh, right. you know, just like any kind of flying they do, uh, Hayao Miyazaki is amazing at creating those images and, and kind of really making those pictures come alive when, in the flying scenes. And there's a lot of that in this movie. Uh, the main character is also probably one of the most developed characters. Uh, she is Nausicaa and uh, kind of the princess of the Valley of the Wind. And she's trying to figure out how they can coexist peacefully. And it's bringing all of those things together. The music is amazing. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of uh, Zelda games. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, and it has that kind of Zelda vibe with uh, the, music, the music and the story and uh, the, the character development and all of those things. And uh, just... I mean, right out the gate, they just blew me away with it. And, uh, cause I was watching, I was like, oh, I'll just start these in order. You know, I just went yeah. through and, uh, man, I couldn't, couldn't watch anything better than that. I don't think out of, out of studio Ghibli, in my opinion. So it's great. I'm underwatched on the studio Ghibli stuff. Yeah. It's, it's on my list. I actually have Princess Mononoke sitting at home. I'm not, I've never watched it yeah. and I'm going to watch that and I'll probably get really excited about it. Yeah, no, I mean, really, it, like, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with any of the movies. Yeah. But that one specifically, just I, I, I think it was the first one. It was the first one that I'd watched from Studio Ghibli. Uh, but man, it just what a beautiful film. And <laughs> I don't say that about a lot of movies. Uh, it's just that, that the 
the Ghibli films are just universally loved. Nobody says they don't like those films. You right. never hear that ever. No. You don't hear anybody go, "That's I don't get." You either I have people like who it, have never it, seen yeah. them, or people who will yeah. punch you in the face if you say anything <laughs> yeah. bad. About but I've never exactly. heard. Any, I've never heard any. Like you said, I've never, never heard, heard a negative word about. Never it. heard yeah. any negative mm-hmm. words about. Them. <laughs> so yeah, those so. those those would be stylistically two very different movies, but definitely two with, without like I'm like you want to watch animated movies? Here we go. Those yeah, are the two. They're elevated above everything else for you. Mm-hmm. I got it. Well, I didn't cheat and do two, so <laughs> I've just got one. But mine is connected to anime. It is an anime, which I am not an anime guy. I'll tell you that. I'm probably less an anime than you are. Just talking about your description just then. Yeah. I'm very like anti a lot of that. I just don't get it. Don't understand it. Um, like especially the shows and stuff. I just don't yeah, watch. There's, any there's of the a shows lot of shows that I, that I don't get. That. Like. Yeah, I, I do enjoy Cowboy Bebop. That that was. I've heard that's good, but I just haven't got. I've watched it, like one episode of that, and yeah. like I don't know. It's just like I don't understand it. But like my number one film on that list is could have easily been in my top ten on our top ten favorite overall right. movies of all right, time, right. and I just kind of forgot about it till we did this. Yeah, um, it's definitely my top twenty. Is Akira. Okay. Um, the 1988 film directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, based right. on his uh, manga of the same name. Pretty extensive manga, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it went on for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I don't know much about the manga, so don't don't write it, don't write in listeners. <laughs> uh, I don't five question quiz. Right I now, don't so. care. Um, <laughs> but it, this movie, like, I didn't even know what anime was when I saw this film. And this is one of like the early blockbuster anime right. films. Probably the first big, huge anime yeah, film. Yeah, I think I think it was the one that like mainstream success in both in Asia and in the United in States. In the United States. Yeah. Um, it's an epic movie and it's shot in a way that like this does not like even if you don't like anime or you're completely against it, you could watch this movie because it is shot like a real movie. It, it is. is like it looks like they took a wide angle lens and they shot this thing and there's all these huge sweeping shots. The movie's about this uh, young bicycle gang or uh, not bicycle, young motorcycle gang. Young bicycle gang. That changes the whole tone of the movie. Young uh, young motorcycle gang in Neo Tokyo, uh, which is Tokyo that has been rebuilt after this huge uh, apocalypse. Yeah, like a nuclear war type thing. Uh, It's got that Neo Tokyo has this Blade Runner vibe to it with all this neon stuff going on everywhere this is a big and theme in a lot of japanese things like you know rebuilding after the apocalypse and i think that that would obviously make a lot of sense since yeah they, they rebuilt after two drop two bombs were dropped on them yeah yeah uh, yeah so you can see it it's, it's definitely a, influenced by that, that. yeah um and i i'm sure that like the 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 director's family was affected by that oh, so i'm, I'm sure. sure it affected his creation of by this. the way mention of that being a actual concept of a movie was great with the fireflies did you ever see that yeah uh no but I, that's another one i don't know if i can handle so <laughs> super like, sad or like, like, like you'll, yeah. you'll you'll sit in the corner i know of it yeah like, I, yeah. I i got emotional and i it, it takes yeah. a lot for me to get that way but i mean oh my gosh like whew, man yeah I, I do need to check that one out sometime when i'm like not not feeling terrible <laughs> um but yeah akira like i some i've worked at summer camp and the guy one of the guys that was there was like hey we're gonna watch akira tonight you have to come watch it and um, I watched it, and I was just blown away by it. Just the the yeah. it's a sci-fi story about like these these kids in this motorcycle gang, and they have to deal with this like uh, you know this all this crazy sci-fi stuff happens to them. Um, it probably I would say say that it there's probably some influence on uh, Stranger Things in it too. I would agree um, yeah. because of the way the gang is and how they they mm-hmm. hang out together. Um, it is du- like 
I think you would probably understand it better if you watched it in the original Japanese, but that's, it, that's a tough choice. Like when I watch a lot of these anime movies, like do I watch them in the original in, in, in with the Japanese and American like yeah. English subtitles or do I watch them with the, the English, dub. English dub? Yeah. Well, I think that like if you watched it in the original Japanese and you spoke Japanese, it would probably be a little bit easier to follow. It is right. hard to follow in places, but the American dub of it is very good. Yes. Uh, the main character is voiced, or one of the, arguably the main character is voiced by the guy who did Leonardo in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Um, his name is Cam Clark. I looked that up. Okay. And he's been in everything, but you'll recognize yeah. the voice that, immediately. That, like you said, I mean, everything's in everything. It's just an amazing movie, and it's epic, and I forget that it's an animated film. Not that, like, an animated film is just as, like, important as a non-animated film, right. but it, like, takes... And it's it's all cel-shaded. It's all 2D animation, mm-hmm. but it just... Mm-hmm. It just takes me to a place where I'm like, this just feels like I'm existing in this world, even more so than some actual, you know, live-action films It's do. one of those movies that I recommend to people like you don't like you got to watch it at night with the lights off yeah. on a fairly sizable television. Yeah. Uh, like that's not one you watch on like a little 13 inch in your, in your dorm room kind of thing. Like that's one you need to see. Yeah. You want to see it on a big screen. You want to see that, the neon glow of everything. Yes. Everything has this neon glow. The lights of the bikes stream streak mm-hmm. off as they go down these night. It's the most of it's set at night yep. and just, yeah, it has that, yeah, watch it on a big screen, turn watch the lights on, off. Turn like, the lights off and turn the sound up, man. Yeah, because the soundtrack is amazing. The it score is. is just awesome to it. It's just this original score that yep. has all these traditional Japanese instruments in it, but it's got like a modern twist on it. And mm-hmm. um, I love it. I have it on Blu-ray. And, I do see it on Blu-ray right over here. That's cool. It's, it's a great movie. I was wondering if you had seen it before. I oh, yeah. assumed you probably had. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it's in the uh, Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die. And yeah. I would highly recommend it that, yes, that is one that you should watch. Yeah, it's one that if you go up to a person that loves anime and go, I've seen Akira, they'll be like, of course you've seen Akira, dummy. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's it transcends, and it's not like anime is not good, but it transcends that for me. It just is a film. Yes. Like, and, and, which is the same way a lot of the Ghibli films are too, you yes. know, but, um, yeah, that's, and, and that's for the future pocket. That's the same way a lot of Disney movies are for, for me too. Yeah. And for a lot of people, for yeah, a lot of people, the, they the, are, they're, they're movies, not just for, it transcends just being an animated film and yep. becomes some other thing. So that's, that's my number one. And I highly encourage everybody watch it if you haven't before. And yes. I, uh, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. And cool. Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah, do that one. watch that too. And now I've got a list of stuff I got to watch so to add to my 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 growing the ongoing list. So, yeah, I, I have to I have to add to stuff every time we do one of these because uh, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about that, or you know, I'm like, man, I need to go back and watch that again. Well, you've seen everything, so hopefully, if I've made you want to watch something, you, absolutely. It's like uh, I've speaking done my in the job, same vein so. of uh, kind of like Japanese uh, anime, I don't know if you saw it today. Did you see? Uh, they they came out with a new trailer for Godzilla: King of the Monsters today. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but I saw it. it was oh out. my gosh, yeah. uh, unreal! That yeah. movie. I, I I hope it I hope it just obliterates and does so well because uh, it, it looks based on the three trailers that we've seen. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the trailers for Godzilla, but oh my gosh, I saw the first one and the second one. I guess so this is the yeah, third one. The third yeah, one. Yeah, I've seen one. the first second one. And I, I was not a big fan of the movie Godzilla that came out a few years ago with Brian Cranston. I didn't watch that, but I did watch the King Kong. King Kong, movie, yeah, the film, King Kong, is, uh, Kong Skull Island, yeah, which was I really enjoyed. I enjoyed it too. It was a good like action flick. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it, it had some, it had some good vibes yeah. and uh, good beats to it. But uh, this new Godzilla movie looks absolutely amazing. And obviously, those two films tie into this film, so right, it's all right, 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 connected in the same universe, and so. setting up uh, the King Kong versus Godzilla fight that we want to see. But exactly, uh, uh, I, 
I, I thought that was really cool and had a cool vibe to it and very similar to that kind of monster type anime stuff that we've been talking about yeah but, uh, no uh, I don't know if anybody figured out the theme of my weird connection of most of the movies that I have in here um, but uh, heavy metal uh, the ones that I knew off the top of my head heavy metal flushed away and Nausicaa Valley of the Wind uh, and I'm pretty sure the main character in Batman Mask of the Phantasm uh, that is the female uh, that Bruce Wayne has the love interest with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they all have red hair, and I think of that really. <laughs> that 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 has, that's the connection. That's the connection because I, I, never I, like, I love that. redheaded women. Like okay. redheaded women, uh, just I, some about them. They're they're fantastic. I love you. Um, please, you know, come talk to me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think that there might be like a a deep seated. Uh, subliminal thing that got to me as a kid, like when I saw heavy metal, and yeah, I was just okay. like, "Here's this beautiful redheaded woman who uh, will just like take her clothes off and sleep with a taxi driver for no reason." <laughs> uh, you know, here Nausicaa is uh, a redhead, and uh, she's a kick-ass, you know, just character. Um, and uh, you know, flushed away Kate Winslet's character, even though she's like a rat, but she has red hair too. So I got you. Uh, I, I don't know, man. It's 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 weird, but uh, some cross species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, too. some That's interspecies right. interspecies yeah. erotica. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can check out World Link Brian's uh, fanfic in the uh, show notes. But uh, yeah, no, no, don't. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not weird or anything, but yeah. I, I just I, I think redheads are. All right, let's see. Choice. I would have never have picked up that connection, so that's great. But, uh, there's yeah. there's some guy who's like mm, redheads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god, I hear you, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. But yeah, cool. no, that was that was not my weird connection to to all the movies there. I think so. Nice. Anyway. I don't know what my connection was. Mine was like dark stuff that fucked me up as a kid, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Generals. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, cool. Well, Brian, you got anything else you need to tell the people? No. Nah, um, you know, I, I think uh, I think we're finding the vibe, man. I think, yeah, I, I feel good about it. We also were like a little shorter on this episode. We're trying to come in at about an hour yeah. on most of them. And uh, yes, hang out with us and uh, be patient and we'll, we'll get better promise you yeah if, if uh you know we're, we're trying some some different mics some different uh some some different settings and stuff like that yep. we'll, we'll get it we'll get it down pat yep um and brian where can they find you yeah uh, you can find me on uh, bfg wilmington trivia and uh also on nofelix.com uh you can find me on all kinds of film blogs and uh or posting about films and stuff like that i i don't talk about them enough here so i have to write about them and, uh, and post about them online. So uh, if you guys are ever interested in that and want to read the ramblings of uh, a man who loves redheads uh, and being some butthead to America, then that's the place to, to find it out. Have you done a have you done a spotlight on being some butthead? I have. I, have I, I, I might need to do that. Like okay. best, best redheads yeah. in film. Yeah, uh, <laughs> cover it all. Um, you can find me at DJ T Panda, all one word. On just about everything, so yep. uh, look look me up. And we're working on a website for this, and uh, you'll be able to hopefully. I mean, obviously that will be up by the time because we have to have that just to stream all this stuff to you fine folks. So uh, follow the podcast on everything that you know, Spotify, everywhere else. We're yep. gonna try to get it up on all those those uh, those platforms, and we appreciate you. And of course, as always, uh, we just want to tell you you're gonna need a bigger boat. Gonna need that boat yeah. every time. We're out. All right. Bye bye. Thank you.